Yep, we had to do it. It's another episode of Dr. Movie. And we're going to talk about Carnosaur 2. For my good buddy, Matthew Tangent. So, I may have been a little rough on the first one, Carnosaur, right? And... I think you really know the reasons why. And personally, again, I just I just didn't find it, you know, very appealing as far as just, it's just kind of boring, <laughs> to, be, to be honest. But it, it really felt like a cash grab to try to crank out something before, you know, Jurassic Park really took off. I mean, it came out one month before, right? So <laughs> there you go. Now, this one is a different story. Completely. Uh, Carnosaur 2 came out in 95, so after Jurassic Park was over. So, uh, it's also labeled as a sci-fi horror flick. We've got different directors, different actors. The story is, does not tie into the original really whatsoever. And I, I can't decide if I'm happy or disappointed because of that fact. Because I feel like, I feel like the original movie, there. There was potential there that you could keep running with. So there's a part of me that kind of goes, you know, you could have upped, upped the story a little bit from the first one and took it somewhere. But when I think about the first movie, I'm kind of glad they didn't, right? So uh, I think this really changed the course of where they were going with the Carnosaur movies, especially after Jurassic Park was done, right? Because we got the Velociraptors, which is really all we're seeing now in, in these movies, right? So we've gone from more of a T-Rex kind of thing to more of a, a Velociraptor, which is totally fine. So in my mind, this is in my mind now. I don't know that this is truth, but it sure feels like it could be the truth. <laughs> I think uh, Jurassic Park came out, and then uh, Roger Corman or whoever went and bought them a copy of it, and they ripped off some dinosaur, <laughs> dinosaur sound effects from Jurassic Park, and that's the reason that all the uh, carnosaurs in this sound just like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park, because it's, it's the same sound, folks. Come on. I mean, listen to it. Not only that. I've got another reveal for you on this one. Uh, I don't really know if there's any use of talking about the cast. You guys can point me out if I'm wrong, but nobody really stood out to me. But the actual characters stood out to me. Uh, let's, let's read the synopsis here, since we're at a stoplight. After receiving a distress call from a clandestine underground facility... Uh, it calls a couple of guys, Tom McQuaid and Jack Reed, must lead a team to investigate. By the time they arrive, the scientists manning the facility are dead, and there is one survivor, teenager Jesse Turner. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really give a lot away, but, uh, well, you know, why not? It's a good start. Uh, yeah, you're in this underground mine. You don't really know what it's for. And... Uh, they're finding out that there's something wrong with, the, like, a security breach in one of the areas or the security system's just not working. So they go to investigate, and they find a bunch of wires that are all tore up. And then we see a POV shot of somebody getting off by a carnosaur. 
And really, for the first hour, we don't see a single dinosaur whatsoever. It's just POV kind of things, right? Saving the best for last, I guess. Uh, but while that's going on, we get a couple of young boys that are just running around in this facility, which this is a military lockdown place, right? Underground, hidden facility. But now we got a couple of teenage boys running around. They break into this room, they open this crate, and they find some dynamite. No foreshadowing there at all, folks. And uh, then after that, the kids run out of there, and uh, they're probably 14, 15, something like that. One of them goes out and hangs out with one of the guys that drives one of the big forklifts, and he's like, hey, you want to give it a shot today? So he puts the young boy on it and says, so whatever you do, don't ever, ever hit this switch right here. <laughs> so a little more foreshadowing, right? When you hit this switch, it opens this shaft, elevator shaft, I guess, that goes, you know, 430 feet straight down or something like that, right? Some ridiculous number. And, uh, okay, cool. Don't ever touch it, though. So there you go. As far as the rest of the setup of this movie, well, you know, we get to the point to where uh, one of the uh, carnosaurs, or maybe a couple of them, I don't know, start attacking everybody on the base. They're all dead. They call out of distress. They actually made a phone call before. They want this team to come in and fix this wiring situation for the security breach. And uh, obviously, you know, the carnosaurs are smart enough to tear up wiring and stuff because, you know, they're that smart. So we're playing off that whole Jurassic Park thing. So, again, like I said, I really feel like the release of Jurassic Park changed the whole mindset of what we're going to do with dinosaurs from here on, right? These these raptors are super smart and they, they know how to rip out wiring because they know that you're watching them on cameras even though they don't know where the cameras are. Silly stuff like that, right? Uh... If this movie is anything, you're thinking, okay, this is just a Jurassic Park kind of ripoff. It's really not. What this movie is, is an alien slash aliens ripoff and the thing. I'm just going to throw the thing in there, too. Uh, I know Roger Corman was notorious for letting people remake movies, but in different settings, right? So, hey, I want to remake. Apocalypse Now. That's great. Just do it in the middle of Macbeth. <laughs> you know, that's the way he would approach these things. So, hey, I, I want to remake, you know, like like Alien and Aliens. And I've got a story to put together. That's fine. Just do it with dinosaurs. Uh, this movie really feels like it was going to be something else. Like this script was laying around. And they greenlit it just because, you know, well, th this is fine. But let's just let's put dinosaurs in it. I really think that's what happened. Because it could have been anything. It could have been an alien. It could have been... I mean, it's it's the same setting as aliens. Or the thing. It's just we got dinosaurs. But a lot of things that happen in it is just like what happens in those movies. So, you know, in aliens, we get this ragtag team of military expendables, right? They're going to go in there and they're going to wipe out whatever this problem is. Well, here we get a, a, a ragtag team of... Electricians? <laughs> They're going to come in and fix some wiring? I don't know. Uh, strange bunch, group of people, too. I mean, you got uh, you got Monk. I think that was his name. 
uh, he's like, uh, what did I say when I was watching it? He's like, if you take, uh, I had it, I can't remember what it was. It's like if you take Andrew Dice Clay and Corey Feldman and mailed them into one person. <laughs> That's kind of what I got out of him. With the worst permed hair I think I've ever seen. And uh, you got this one guy running around with a, he looks like Clutch Cargo or somebody that would be on Long John Silver's ship, right? Because he's wearing an eye patch and the skull cap and all that kind of stuff. You got your token black guy that you got to have in every one of these. It's got his hat on backwards, right? And uh, he's a pretty cool character in this. He's uh, really the only one that knows how to work on anything. The rest of them are just kind of muscle, I guess. So, anyways, that's the setup. And, you know, they're, they're going into this building under this scenario of repairing... Even though the main guy won't tell them really what they're going for, you either you know, just do what I tell you to do or you, you're not in, right? You don't get paid or whatever. Well, of course, when they get there and they see bloody bodies laying everywhere, and they're like, you know, you got, you got bigger problems than electricity, pal. <laughs> There's something else going on here. So you know how this plays out, right? Now we've got, uh, you know, dinosaurs attacking these other people that have been brought in by helicopter. And when they try to leave, you know, let's get the heck out of here. Let's get on a helicopter and leave. Well, obviously, one's going to be in the helicopter, and the pilot is going to, you know, try to get away before they load anybody else up. She's just scared to death and just takes off. Well, guess what? The, the helicopter is going to crash because there's a, there's a raptor in there or a carnosaur in there tearing up the woman flying the plane. And I, <laughs> this helicopter crash, man. It has to be seen. Uh, it's not good. And I was really surprised it even blew up because it seemed like it was just going to hit the ground and tail break off, and that's the extent of it. This poor little model, you know, when it finally gets knocked over, it, it, it finally blows up. So, yeah, not great. So now we're stranded, right? Just like, I mean, really, that's just like what happened in Aliens, right? They try to take off in that ship, and the ship crashes. Now they're stranded kind of trapped there so the military people trying to hold off whatever's happening same deal here right and obviously one by one they're going to get kind of knocked off but uh, they come up with this plan because the kid recalls hey I know there's a whole bunch of dynamos they, they, find, the, they find the kid later on and uh, he's in shock because he saw this dinosaur kill everybody Oh, we forget the reveal, too, because the, the main guy that hired them lets them know that, oh, by the way, this is where all the plutonium is. This is where we're taking all the warheads off of all of our military stuff because the Cold War is over, and we're storing them down here because we don't know where else to put them. Oh, and by the way, we're genetically uh, unfreezing dinosaurs. <laughs> Again, it just feels like the dinosaur thing was just kind of forced into this story, right? So, uh, yeah, we're, we're dry-freezing or undry-freezing dinosaurs and bringing them back alive, and they're attacking people. And, uh, you know, that's your, that's your plot. But anyways, later on, the kid says, hey, I remember something. There's a whole bunch of dynamite, so we can send out a distress signal, and that'll get people to come rescue us, which will take a long time. 
just like Alien. And while that's going on, we'll start setting up this dynamite and blowing up the place little by little, just like the thing, right? We got the dynamite, we're going to find the creature, going to go blow it up. Uh, only difference here is there's several carnosaurs, right? Lo and behold, there was one that they missed, and it's almost the return of the big guy from the first one, right? It's a big oversized kind of T-Rex looking thing. Uh, slow moving, doesn't really look that great. They even try to do the eyeball thing from from Jurassic Park in this one, but obviously it's just a big rubber suit and nothing actually moves on it. So you know, it's just a quick little thing. Uh, there is a couple of good kill scenes in this though. Uh, there's a lady who gets her arm ripped off by a raptor or a small carnosaur, and it's pretty gruesome. Looks pretty good, and. Uh, then you get the big T-Rex that grabs one of these guys that come to save them with the rescue squad. Uh, bites one of the dude's heads off and is like eating the body. Uh, other than that, there's a, a big battle at the end between... It's, it's almost a repeat of the first movie at this point because we're going to have a giant T-Rex-style dinosaur fighting another forklift. Only this time, a young 13-year-old boy is going to be driving it. And guess what? That's right. Don't hit that switch. So he rams the T-Rex, the and he knocks him into that shaft, and he falls to his death, supposedly. And they got like two minutes to get out of there before the whole thing blows up because all that plutonium, they're going to blow it all sky high. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. You know how it ends. They're going to fly away and... The, one of the military guys looks at the kid and goes, you did a good job, kid, good job. And then it goes off. That's kind of it. Um, so nothing really new here. Oh, I forgot to tell you. The, the, the other big thing in this movie is this T-Rex. Go back and if you're watching this, watch the T-Rex and listen to the sound. I am 120% convinced. I just know, I absolutely know this. The sound effects for the majority of what the dinosaur is making, the big T-Rex, is from King Kong 1976. No doubt in my mind. I watched that movie so many times. I know those sounds. He rears back and roars, and it's it's Kong, folks. 100%. It's even, I mean, it's like he just ripped it directly off the movie. Just, just like he did the sound effects for, for you know, the Velociraptors from uh, Jurassic Park. There is no doubt in my mind that's the King Kong sound. I, somebody else let me know if you know any backstory on that, but there, there's no doubt in my mind that's what it is. So uh, so here's the kicker on this movie. I liked it better than the first one. This one's got a bit more action in it. it you got some characters that you're just, you kind of roll your eyes at, but you don't mind seeing them go around and being doofuses. Uh, it was more fun than the first one. I, I don't think I even gave a rating on the first one. The first one, I'm going to give a 2 out of 5. I'm just not into it. It didn't make the bottom of the list. But this one, I'm going to give it a 3. I think this one was fun enough that uh, it's it's kind of enjoyable. Is it bad? Yeah, it's still bad. The The effects are, you know, for the most part, are not very good. The sets are really cheap. You know, I think there's even one scene where they're trying to do this explosion thing, and you can tell... <laughs> All these walls that are supposed to be a cave, basically, are just shaking because you can tell it's just real shambled, you know, 
slightly put together two by fours holding these frames together and plastic on it. So, you know, pretty cheap sets, but it was enjoyable. So yeah, three out of five. And that's my take on this one. There you go, Matt. There's your second one. Be looking out for part three coming up next. Till then, we'll check you later.